This is the final boarding call for passengers Peter Pancake and DJ Paradise. DJ Paradise, Peter Pancake. Huh. Ladies and gentlemen, the main cabin door is now closed. We would like to welcome you aboard the one and only Connecting Flight Radio. Uh, mask off. Fuck it, mask off. Uh, Matt, that was my favorite song to play this weekend. Everyone was turning up. Welcome to episode 23 of Connecting Flight Radio. <laughs> I am DJ Paradise. We got Peter Pancake. Say what's up to the peeps. My mask is off because I am in my own home, and that's why it's off. Because I appreciate it. Publicly. Do you wear your Do you wear your mask in the car when you're by yourself? No. Yeah, me neither. I Why would you wear off. a mask by yourself? I don't know. I, I think it's funny when I see people doing it. I'm like, you're the only one in the car. Maybe they're borrowing the car. Maybe it's a rental car. I don't know. Maybe. Whatever. We got an exciting episode for you guys today. So we're going to keep this intro kind of brief. Uh, we'll just talk about our our weeks. Uh, Peter, how was your... You traveled again. I, I did. I traveled again. I forgot what it's like to hold a microphone. Uh, <laughs> I, I traveled again. I was in Breckenridge, actually, uh, surprise bachelor party weekend. I actually wasn't sure if I could make the the trip, and it was something where, like, a few months ago, I had to, like, cancel, pull out, whatever the case was with, like, the booking and all that, and then maybe, like, the Thursday before, I just booked the flight. I was like, you know what? I can make this happen. I talked to the best man who was coordinated it all. He was like, yeah, let's do it. Bought the flight next day, flew out there. Uh, my buddy was incredibly surprised. Great weekend away. Got to golf in uh, the Rocky Mountains, so that was really cool. Hey. So, yeah, good trip to, to Colorado for, for a hot minute. And then this upcoming weekend, I'll be in Chicago um, trying to golf a little bit up there and uh, see some friends. So that's yep, kind yep. of for me. You have had an absolutely unreal DJ schedule the past few weeks. Dude, yeah. So it's been, uh, well, especially yesterday. Today is Sunday. We're recording this on Saturday. I had my first three gig day, which, um, you know what I mean? During during the summer on a normal non-COVID time happens, you know, semi not semi-regularly, but it happens. It's not unheard of. But now that we're in a pandemic, it was crazy. I DJed at a, a, a fitness place in the morning. I DJed at Liquid, uh, Liquid Pool. Uh, in the daytime shout out to dj booza he let me use his swamp cooler so my computer didn't break this time <laughs> my backup computer so uh you know liquid was pretty dope got some big tips uh good times there it was hot as shit there was a puppy at the pool and then uh i dj'd at stk again um hopefully this shit is open next week but i don't know three gigs in a day i feel like a real dj again it was good times that's awesome it's cool because you are by far like right now the most booked dj in the entire city i'm just saying i got paid more this weekend than tiesto did for many vegas nightclubs so you, you tiesto better let's watch out go <laughs> coming after him. coming after him. let's yeah. uh let's introduce our our special guest because we have quite an interview ahead for you guys yeah, so uh, this guest is someone we've wanted to have on for a while, Connecting Flight Radio. Obviously, we care a lot about travel. Uh, this guy is a pilot for an airline. We don't disclose his airline because he, you know, wants to wants to keep it private. But um, I've known him for a long time. Went to school with him. Uh, First officer Eric Smith. Um, yeah, this interview is really dope. We go into some 
real cool stuff about travel, the future of travel. Um, you know, what's what's his day to day has been looking like, what his past few months have been looking like as a, you know, as a working pilot. So I know, yeah, this interview is super dope um, and I think you guys will enjoy it. Let's just let's get into it. Let's get into it. So this is episode 23. We have an interview and then I put a mix together. He sent me a list of his like favorite music right now that he's listening to. And I'm going to do my best to make it sound somewhat good. But he's got some good tracks in there. So I'm really excited to, to put this together for you guys. Hey, Eric Smith, episode 23, Connect and Flight Radio. Let's go. All right. We are at the interview portion of this episode. We have a very special guest. And we've actually been trying to get this guy for a while now. We were mostly trying to figure out strategically like when the best time would be to have him on and then ironically enough like everything kind of just collapsed like six months ago and so <laughs> what better time than the present to to have this guy on josh i'd love yeah. to introduce him so i'm excited for this guest like he was saying we wanted to have him on for a while and this is probably the perfect time now that uh, you know our podcast is about music and travel so we had to have on a pilot um and so i was like thinking like yo what pilots do i know and I've known this guy since college. He was in a different fraternity than me, but it's all good. We used to, you know, play sports against each other. And then one day we went and traveled to Brazil together. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that on here. So uh, this is the one and only Eric Smith, pilot Eric Smith. Welcome to Connected Flight Radio. All right. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. The first first pilot we've had on here. So obviously this episode is going to be aim towards travel which is something i've been missing out on peter's been uh been getting starting to travel again i have but i i mean i I do it to the best of my ability in terms of safety um you know i got that 3m n95 mask so you know (laughs) just real bougie but uh eric thanks for being on the podcast with us yeah appreciate to be here yeah. Uh, Josh, you want to start it off? Yeah. So I guess I'll just start it off. So um, the first time, like me and you, like really, really like chatted. I don't know if you remember this, um, but we were at, uh, where was it? It was Crown and Anchor. And you were telling me that you were going to like, you were telling me you were going to travel and like go to China and like all this stuff. And you were telling me all these like travel plans. And I was like, dude, this guy's like really like a traveler. And I had never really traveled like that before. And then we both found out that we're going to go to Brazil at the same time for World Cup. I've been a soccer fan. You've been a soccer fan, USA. Like, so um, that was it. So then we ended up going to Brazil for the World Cup. So I just wanted to talk about how did you first like catch that travel bug? Because you were already like planning trips and all this stuff and traveling. Uh, I think you did. You you go went to like China for uh, you, you went to China before, right? For I've, I've been to I've been to Vietnam and. Uh, just recently went to Japan this Japan. year. Okay. Just, just talk about how you caught that travel bug to begin with. And then we'll talk about how you became a pilot. You know, it was kind of retroactive because I'm a military brat. So I've lived all over the world. Um, I was born in Italy, uh, okay. lived in England for five years. Um, and it didn't take it. It wasn't until college that I realized how much of a naive little shit I was when I was younger. Um, because my parents, they, they like forced me to travel whenever I lived in, uh, Europe. Um, Mm -hmm. like I said, I was out there for five years 
and I didn't appreciate it. There'd be like weekends where my dad's like, Hey, we're going to Stonehenge this week. And I'm like, God oh, damn, really? And you know, I just wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to skateboard, uh, BMX, play hockey, you know, and just be a, a young teenage kid. Um, and I think once I graduated from, or once I was coming up on my mid years of college, I started to realize how much I really love traveling and, I don't know if you knew this, but when we were in school at UNLV, I was actually in school for architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was, that was and, my first major for one semester. But yeah, it, yeah, dude, it's uh-huh. it, 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 it's a kick in the balls. Um, but then, kind of coincidentally, how things are now, um, the economy tanked. Mm-hmm. I got laid off from two different architecture firms, um, and then I had an epiphany, and then that's when I was like, I've always been a fan of traveling. Mm-hmm. Always a fan of traveling. Aviation was never in the cards for me, though, as far as a job. Um, but as far as traveling goes, yeah, I think I, I, got, I was fortunate enough to be a military kid and my parents traveled all the time. So that's that, where wait, so, so how'd you end up in Vegas? Is, did your parents end up at, uh, Nellis or like, how did that work out? All my family's from San Diego. Oh, okay. Um, and my parents, my parents wanted to retire out here. My mom's a teacher. Um, we lived in Clovis, New Mexico before we were here. Um, she wasn't making shit as a teacher. Uh, but they both knew that they wanted to retire out here because they have the Air Force Base and it's close to San Diego, but not the ridiculous cost of living in California. Mm-hmm. So um, they came out here my junior year of high school, mm-hmm. or my mom and I did. Um, and that's how I ended up out here. And being a military kid, you know, moving around all the time, it's impossible to have a consistent group of friends. You know, either you're moving, they're moving, there's no continuity. Uh, I finally had some good friends from high school and decided to stay out here. Dang, yeah, that's super dope. And then so I want to talk about this trip that we both went to Brazil, World Cup. I mean, that was like, to me, that was my first big trip. Like I had been to Jamaica before that, but that was what made me catch the travel bug was like going that far because I'd never been that far before. And then like getting to see people from like all over the world. You know what I mean? That was like the wildest part because like we went to all the same games, like the the game against Ghana. We went to the game against uh, the USA game against um, Portugal. That Portugal game was wild, man. That shit yeah, was yeah, definitely. Thick. And then uh, what was the and then that Germany game too? Mm-hmm. Like now I remember we was like hanging out for a while before that Germany game, um, dude. Those those was those was good times. But and, I don't know. So and, you had you know, go ahead, go ahead. Well, the other unique thing with that is like how many people are gonna say, hey. I went to Brazil and I didn't go to Sao Paulo. I didn't go to Rio. Mm. Like I never would, I never in a million years probably would have gone to Recife, Natal and Manaus, you know, yeah, like the heart of the real. Amazon, you know? So I think we were additionally fortunate to go to these places that we probably wouldn't have gone on that aren't your typical tourist destinations, uh, especially for Brazil. Yeah. Um, and what better country to be in for the world cup? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like being a soccer fan, Brazil. I don't know. That was that was wild to me, especially because we went to the uh, to Manaus, and that's like in the middle of the Amazon jungle. And I'll never forget. I don't do. I will never forget because I love food. Um, when we went to that restaurant, you guys had already gone to this restaurant earlier in the day, and then you were like, "Yo, we got to go to this restaurant. They have this like Black River fish or something like that." So we like go to this restaurant, and you guys ordered the same thing that you ordered earlier that day. And I, I was like, "Why would they do that? Like, you're only here once. Why would you eat the same thing? That fish. I still have dreams about that fish to this day. <laughs> that shit was so bomb, man. Like, yeah, Brazil was yeah. sick, but that that meal sticks out in my head by far. So thank you for uh, taking us to that that fucking like, yeah, I don't know, of know course, what the place was but i'm just glad i'm just glad we were actually able to meet up 
It's yeah, like one yeah. thing to say it, but then to go to a place where, you know, we may not have cell phone reception or be able to get a hold of each other. Mm-hmm. It was just uh, super dope to run into people from school, from Vegas, uh, another part of the world, celebrating sure. best country in the world. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it was good. Good times there, man. That was super dope. Um, yeah, well, let's get into I want to talk about um, talk about. So you're already like an adventure enthusiast you were talking about that you um you know you like to do bmx and stuff like that i saw you just recently did a triathlon you do rock climbing um is that like sense of adventure that you already had is that what made you want to get into flight school um man you know i've always been an adrenaline junkie uh but i think the reason i wanted to go into aviation is just because i just wanted to travel and you know so when I got laid off from that second architecture firm, I don't know if you remember David Sosa, but yeah, yeah. one of my fraternity brothers, he was running mm-hmm. the M pool. Um, and I'm like, fuck, dude, I, I still have a year left of architecture. Do I want to do this for the rest of my life? And I literally had an epiphany one day and I, was, I worked backwards. I was like, the end goal is traveling. What are the things that I can do to get there? And I was like, I was like, dude, I'm not like a TV personality. I'm not like, I don't want to be a tour guide because that's not as fun when you have to do it for other people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I always wanted my pilot's license. And so I was like, I was like, fuck it. You know, when I looked it up, we had a flight school here in Vegas. Um, they had a fast track program, which they were advertising at six months, zero hours, all the way through all your ratings. It looked credible and it was. Um, so I think part of it was just lucky that they had everything here in Vegas for me to get all my ratings. Um, yeah. And it was, it was ultimately, I just wanted free travel benefits. I'm not even like the biggest aviation nerd in the world, period. Dang. <laughs> I mean, plain and simple. Yeah, awesome. I love flying though. I love flying. It's I'm I'm a systematic person, so it's fun and it's gratifying getting people to where they need to go safely. Mm. I love that you're saying you're an adrenaline junkie, and then you're like, I'm gonna fly this plane as safely as possible. Yeah. Watch this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two things um, can be true at once. That's awesome. We um we regretfully did not prepare you with the color analysis. Oh uh, shit, I forgot about assessment that. quiz. But he I definitely can, I can in. take a guess. I can take a guess at what he is. Not blue. <laughs> yeah, it's the same same color as you man but we uh we have this like color assessment where it's like four different colors and it's basically taking a lot of personality traits um okay. word association kind of thing and then it takes all of that data and kind of creates this generic analysis of, of kind of what your strengths are oh, um josh josh is incredibly interpersonal so a lot of his stuff is built on relationships um having good cultivation skills being able to be in the moment with people Mm-hmm. Um, me on the other hand, as much as I love spending time with people, I also love getting things done a little bit more and like <laughs> being, uh, proactive and, you know, like organizing all that stuff. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's funny that he and I are a dichotomy, but I, yeah. even just from you explaining, like not even the Brazil trip, but then just, uh, your very like in- introductory description of like getting the pilot's license, going after it, why you want to do it. It's like, Oh he plans backwards. He like wants to have a goal and he figures out exactly what steps he needs to accomplish mm. that goal. Josh, what, what what do you think he is? Uh, he's wait, what are you gold? Uh, I'm like green, green, green no gold. green. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, no, nah, he's definitely yeah. going to be green. I don't know. We'll have you take the assessment later. And uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, we'll I'm curious. About it. I'm curious as to what I would be. That sounds pretty interesting. I'm also, I, you know what though? I believe, probably the most important thing in life. And I thought I put a lot of thought into this the last few years is I really do think it's balance. So I think having a little bit of everything is, mm. is attainable. Mm. Um, and that's what I always strive for because, you know, mm. like 
I mean, you, you, you know, we've known each other for a while. We're both very sociable people. Uh, but then I also like my downtime every once in a while, which is yeah. why the job's nice because I, I don't even, I'm based in Denver, but I live here. Uh huh. So yeah. Commute- well, no, I was going to say it's kind of, you were talking about balance. So, like, I see just from like your Instagram and stuff, like, you'll say, like, Peter's like, you fly this plane safely as possible. But then when you go to all these locations, you're like rock climbing or doing flips and snowboards and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, I think that's that balance that you're looking for right there. You know, that's like super dope. I, every time I see one of your posts, I'm like, oh, where is he now doing some fucking dope shit? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do think that, uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of controlled chaos. Mm-hmm. So like even something as simple as, I mean, you guys are DJ music festivals, mm-hmm. man. I love music festivals for a lot of people. Uh-huh. That's like too many people. There's so much craziness. There's a bunch of weirdos. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm anytime I can get the opportunity to do something active, I'm all about it. But at the same token, you're, I mean, yes, I do snowboard and I rock climb, which is why I think it's risk first reward. Mm-hmm. You know, is it worth it for me to learn how to do a backflip snowboarding? Eh, probably not. You yeah. know, I still have a job that I need to do. Would it be dope if I could? Fuck yeah. But yeah. <laughs> risk first reward in those regards. See, right. maybe maybe he's maybe he's blue, blue, green. I don't know. I forget the colors now. I think but... it would be orange more so like uh spontaneous, very Oh, like, okay, yeah, yeah. Able to able to act in the moment and and you know, like quickly take in you know his surroundings and, and act upon it that's a very orange kind of trait um but I, I really like what you said about moderation in all things and all things in moderation um it, it's absolutely necessary especially right now um i think it's a, actually a pretty good pivot point too in this dialogue um it would it would be it would be a disservice to our listeners if we didn't actually talk to you about you know how your past six months have been um specifically with your day job of flying Mm-hmm. Um, I know for myself, I've, I've flown, I flew a lot, like, let's just say like November through March. Like, I think I flew upwards of like 15 or 16 times, um, from November to March, uh, cross country trips, red eyes, the whole nine yards. But then, you know, March through really June, it was just, you know, emptiness. And Nothing, yeah. I mm-hmm. just, I just watched my clear membership being wasted. I watched, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I kept watching all of my statuses. Your status is just go, just plummet. <laughs> no, I mean, there, I mean, I still have like my JetBlue stuff is being held for, you know, an extended period and, and all that stuff. And, and clear gave me an extension on my membership, but it's, it's more or less like, the entire idea of the, the aviation culture, uh, commercial aviation, the ability to travel, the ability to travel freely without being worried about, you know, things outside of your realm of control, as you had said prior. Um, can you kind of just give our listeners kind of a, a very like personal first eye view of kind of like what your life has been like? Um, it, it obviously has like been flipped, turned upside down uh, over the past few months. And, and I think it'd be really good for people to hear like, from boots on the ground, like what it's been like. Yeah. Well, I mean, if there's one thing that has been consistent with 2020 and this doesn't even just aviation related, it's that everything is unknown. Mm-hmm. No one knows anything. Um, mm-hmm. There's just so much crazy things going on right now. Um, so as far as like future concerns, there's a lot of question marks and asterisks that is going through the aviation industry. Mm-hmm. Uh for me personally, so I commute to work, you know, I, I'm in Vegas and I go on a hop on a flight to Denver. Um, just getting to work has been a lot more, it's been more difficult because once they really started cl- um, 
clamping down on how many people uh, they're allowed to board. So a bunch of the airlines have gone from full capacity to when they only allowed 50% capacity and then 60 or 70% capacity. So now as a commuter, I'm like, all right, well, they just went from 180 seats down to let's say 120. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that there's 60 seats available. Are they not going to let me get to work? Um, but I'm also lucky as a pilot, we have jump seat, um, privileges. So, if the uh, captain is nice enough to allow you in the jump seat, that's cool. Um, but now for me personally, with the last three months, ironically, I've, I've actually really been enjoying it because I'm fortunate enough to have a company that um, I've been with for three years. So I have a decent amount of seniority and something that a lot of the airlines did um, is they've offered anywhere from one to like six months of some, sometimes unpaid time off and sometimes paid time off. Um, my company has been offering paid time off for a small percentage of people uh, or that they feel like they can afford. So where I would normally get like 75 hours minimum of flight time a month, they're saying, hey, you can get 50 hours of flight time, but you're not allowed to pick up anything you're not allowed to pick up any trips and you're not allowed to work at all. So the airlines are doing everything that they can to recoup whatever finances they can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember probably two months ago, they're saying this is probably gonna be the worst hit the airlines have ever been. And probably three to four years before any of their um, airlines are back where they were at as early as January or February, yeah. um, which was weird because the airlines before all this happened, were skyrocketing like they were in the best they'd ever been um all the major airlines had ridiculous profit margins from last year um and then just out of nowhere who knows where a lot of these airlines are going to be and i've seen a decent amount of letters from other airlines uh than my own where they've already sent their pilots and their crew members um statements being like hey we're gonna have to fire a lot or do furloughs to a good portion of the company um, come October 1st, which is when the uh, CARES Act um, yeah. funding runs out. I mean, it's even it's even a crazy thought right now. Like, so for example, I flew to Denver last weekend. Um, I was up in Breckenridge and I, I took Delta and like even Delta, like they were like the most prolific news story back in like April. Like they recorded like a $530 million loss in the first quarter of the year, which is like you don't hear about numbers that big in the airline industry outside of profit, but like net loss is like, that's a brand new territory for a lot of these companies. And for the most part, it's like, there's a good amount of them that just have no idea how to handle that. Um, and, and especially yeah. someone like, like the made the legacy airlines. So mm-hmm. Delta United um, American, the more, the reason they're really, really hit hard is because international flying stopped. Mm-hmm. So they're used to having these 12, you know, 10, 12, 14 hour long hauls going both ways that aren't even an option at all. Yeah. So it's not like those planes are just sitting. They're not going to use those domestically, right? You're not going yeah. you know, to need a triple seven. I mean, maybe from like Denver to Dulles or something. Um, but more often than not, you know, you're not using those planes at all. And it's, it's pretty crazy when you go to a lot of these big international airports, uh, specifically like Denver, mm-hmm. you actually see lines and lines of them just parked. Yeah. with covered up, you know, not yeah. being used. Um, so it's very unprecedented and, uh, it's definitely scary for sure. But, um, hopefully the airlines will be able to last through this. Cause I mean, 
the 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 idea of this podcast you know connecting fly radio i mean like probably doesn't exist if people aren't flying right and we uh we definitely had to pivot the past couple <laughs> of months yeah um yeah. but it's also like it's also been difficult to hit a moving target right like the the when can we fly when can we travel when can it be safe it's it's like it's a different story every day and i think the the tough thing too is like as much as we as consumers trust you know whether it's the media or whether it's companies like stating like here's how we're being safe right like that's the current narrative everywhere with airlines is like we are doing this this and the other thing to be safe and then the other side of that equation is like but are you really like holding yourselves accountable for that like are you saying that right now and do you have all the resources and infrastructure created for it i would venture to argue that a lot of them don't because they just don't have the manpower to like see the things through um and that's kind of a scary thought is like while they're projecting publicly like they have these resources and they show the line items of like we're spending the money on these resources it's like actually getting it done and actually providing those safe kind of scenarios are i mean it's hit or miss and that's, yeah. that's kind of a scary thing right now. Yeah. Well, at least to give a little bit of peace of mind to the passengers out there that are still continuing to fly. I mean, from a sanitation standpoint, I mean, they, I had to have a cleaning crew kick me off the plane a few days ago. Cause like, Hey man, we need to defog. We need to fog the plane. So they yeah. just spray it with like, you know, this giant um, mm-hmm. fog. They're def- the planes are definitely the cleanest I've ever seen them. I and mean, yeah. there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, there's just, it's so hard to tell because the CDC and the who they're also saying, okay, the masks work. Now they don't work. Yeah. There's no 100% certainty as to it's never going to be foolproof. Right. Mm -hmm. So now it just really depends on when is the cutting point to be like, okay, because in my personal opinion, a vaccine would be the only thing that would really give us huge peace of mind for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we have vaccines for a bunch of things right now and they're not foolproof. So when do people get to go back to living their normal lives? It's a huge question mark. Yeah, the, the face masking is definitely a really hot topic right now, especially with like various cities now mandating it in, in public places, even outside of just like inside private uh, locations. Like it was, uh, so this past Sunday when I flew back to Indianapolis, there's a woman on the plane who like refused to wear a face mask. Um, and it was one of those, it was an airline where they, like they required it. Like it was an agreement that you like literally had to like check the box when you bought your flight. Like I will comply. I will wear a face mask the entire time, like on the flight. Um, and like it got to the point and it was so ridiculous. Like, I don't know if I actually told you this, Josh, it was like the flight attendants, it, like it was first one and then they brought a second one and then a third one. And then at the third one, they were like, look, like, if you do not comply with this, like, we will be forced to land and an air marshal will escort you off. And like, it won't land in Indianapolis. Like, we will land as soon as humanly possible. And like, that was like, a real moment where I was like, oh, man, like, compliance on an airplane is like, very real. And like, you never really encounter that stuff. It's always like, once in a blue moon, you'll have somebody that'll act up like that. But to have it be over something... No, it was like, I mean, she wore like an earring, you know what I mean? Like oh. she had the earring going on because she was like, I don't want to wear it. And then uh, I think it was just defiance at that point. Like she was just going to like stand her ground because of like pride or something. Oh. But then like obviously the other passengers, like herd mentality came in. Everyone's like, oh, hell no. We're not going to like stop in like Minneapolis or like Des Moines right now. Like that is not going to happen. And 
look, Denver to Indy, you know this. It's it's a two it's a two hour twenty five minute flight. Like nobody's nobody's consuming that much CO two back into their lungs <laughs> on a two hour twenty five minute flight. But um, I, I definitely like at least my experience recently. Like I flew to Vegas. I flew to Denver. I I experienced really good safe protocol. Um, and especially even in March when I flew JetBlue, like it was a JetBlue Boston to Seattle and like maybe five people on that flight. Like Damn. it was obviously a huge, like, whoa, five people. Like that's that entire flight is just a loss of money. But then also like, I don't think I've ever felt safer. Like a, the air filtration, like it circulates the air every two minutes. So like yeah, you have that, a fresh. I actually wanted to ask that. Is that a fact, Eric, that the air is circulated in a plane every two minutes, like new air comes in? I mean, every every plane's gonna be a little bit different, but I mean, yeah, they have a circulation through the uh, the packs, the pressure and air conditioning kits. So right. yeah, it's definitely getting circulated. So you're not breathing the same air the whole flight. I mean, it, it goes through a, it goes through a filtration system of sorts, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not necessarily like it's conditioned at that point, right? Yeah. But you also remember the pl the planes are also pressurized, so it's not mm -hmm. like you're letting it in from outside. It, yeah, yeah. See, that's yeah. like, see, that's the way it sounded. Someone, yeah, it was Peter that told me that. I was like, ah, yeah, I, I, well, I mean, like, like it's you're always going to have some type of like residue from a previous mm -hmm. like inhale somewhere, but yeah. compared to like just a stagnant, what do you want to call it? like a stagnant like yeah. kind of situation, <laughs> like that's not happening. But, yeah, yeah. Let me let me rephrase that. I may have, <laughs> I may have worded that a little differently, but it goes through the engines and then. Every plane's different, so I can only speak for the ones that I fly. Um, and they come through the engines, and then it's bleed air. Then that can, then goes through the uh, the packs, which then is circulated through the plane. So wait, when you're up in the when you're up in the uh, no sorry, no. When you're up in the cockpit. I've been waiting to say cockpit all day. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you are you required to wear a mask? No, because of our mics. Ah. So if if air traffic control can't hear us uh, properly through our mics, that's why we are not uh, forced to wear masks up in the cockpit. Okay. But now if I'm exercising my jump seat privileges, I'd probably do it as a courtesy. Mm -hmm. um, but that's normally whenever the plane's full and then I'm forced to go sit up there um, in which at that point you're like unofficially an extension of the uh, the team. But really, yeah. you're, just a, you're just a passenger at that point. So that's then awesome. so from from what you see right now, what is your. You know what I mean? If you just looked into your crystal ball from what you're seeing, and like you said, it's ever changing. But what do you think the trap, the future of air travel is like? Because to me, I've I've had this kind of thought in my head for the last couple months that I feel like air travel could potentially become very expensive again if some of these companies start going out of business and like. Um, you know, some of these, these bigger companies start going out of business and then they'll just have to start charging more for tickets and it won't be like it was before where you can get like a $49 flight to New York or whatever. Like that's the way I see it. But I, you know what I mean? My opinion's not very valid. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. If, uh, if I had a, if I had a crystal ball, I mean, it's pretty evident right now that a bunch of these smaller airlines, um, Probably more so on the regional level. So, you know, you're talking about your 50 to like 100 passenger planes. There's a few, I think there's a few of them, they're going to get eaten up and then they'll probably get bought out by other companies. But the major airlines right now have so many sitting planes that aren't being used. And all, all these play, all these airlines had these huge expansion plans, right? Like 
Spirit, for instance, was supposed to have like 150 new planes this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of that stuff, I don't know if they are just stopping it. Um, if they're still ha- if they're still in contracts and they have to to get those planes, but I'm optimistic that there will be a rather quick recovery. Uh, I know my company compared to last year, last year of August, this year we have like 80% of the flights that we had from last year. Mm-hmm. Now it's okay. going to be really dependent on which airlines we're talking about. Um, I think ones like Spirit or Frontier, which are already smaller. Um, and hadn't fully expanded it, I think that they might be in a little bit safer position. But man, on the financial level from like their accounting position, oh man, it's just so much unknown. I, I think it really picks up and gets back to normal, normal, quote unquote, once people have the trust of that we're not going to just spread this. But like I said earlier, I don't see anything that's going to happen unless it's a vaccine. Yeah. Mm. And that's why we were talking about earlier, it's this balance. It's like, all right, well, if we all start flying again and go back to normal, but what about grandma and grandpa? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well, what about also all these kids that are like going mental um, because they're stuck with their parents and their parents that are going mental because they're not used to having their kids this much. Yeah. And there's so many different layers to it that I personally don't see there being a hundred percent complete peace of mind ever. Mm-hmm. So if you can't, I think the, the future of the airlines, I think, will have a, a decent recovery, but there are definitely going to be some that are kind of lost along the way. Um, I just can't imagine a world where we've become so accustomed to traveling so conveniently and freely. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about $50 tickets. Yeah. Um, you're talking about, Peter's talking about, you know, his, his status with these airlines and they have all these different promotional options the more you travel, especially, you know, as frequent flyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't see the airlines being net positive for a really long time. Um, but I, I think the recovery hopefully will be pretty decent um, come early next year. That's going to be the crazy part too, when we're talking about like statuses, because that's really where not only airlines are getting hit, but credit card companies are getting hit with that too, because you're going to see that where it's like, any type of promotional venture that a credit card company goes on, they buy the miles ahead of time from the airline and then they divvy it up through their promotions. So then it's going to be like another conversation with the airlines of like, Hey, like we'll still buy miles, but like it's going to be at a lower rate and then it'll just trickle into that. Um, I think, I think you brought up a really good point in like the smaller regionals might get eaten up and like a lot of times the legacies contract them out for a lot of those flights. And so, it's like as much as you want to have and promote a free market uh, environment for airline companies, it's like it it might just turn into the the key five, and yeah, then that and, you know that that creates a whole other narrative around it. And I mean, some of these smaller regional airlines they were already getting eaten up when things were good. Yeah, you know there there are. It's, we're we're in a capitalistic society, so there are certain regionals that have been handling things better maybe their maintenance and their mechanics have helped with their airlines to where the planes aren't breaking down so much. So now these contracts mm-hmm. you're talking about from the major airlines, they're like, well, these three companies over here, we haven't had issues with their planes going down all the time. Um, so now they, once their contracts are up, they give out their flying to other regional airlines. Yeah. Um, and I think the regional airlines is probably, and that's where I'm currently at 
it's something that a lot of the general consumers don't know about because they don't see it's like it's like you book um a flight and it says united by sky west mm-hmm. most people are like well who the hell is sky west mm-hmm. and who's express jet who's envoy um so they don't see that end of it uh i think yeah. maybe the conversations are happening because of you know, like the cares act and the bailouts um but yeah no a lot of these companies are going to go bankrupt and then what's going to suck is it's creating this um this backlog of employees now so yeah. the people i really feel bad for are the people that have just gotten into the aviation industry say you just finished Dude, what an awful time to graduate. Mm-hmm. What yes. a terrible time to graduate. It's like, yes. hey, congrats. Also, like, you want to, like, get your miles up and, like, you want to get your, like, legs? Nah, actually, like, good luck, but no. Yeah. I, I, I thought at this time, I just accrued enough hours where I thought at this time this year, I was going to be at a large airline. Mm-hmm. Thank God that didn't happen. Because once these furloughs happen, the airlines are strictly about um, you would have been first. You would have yeah, literally exactly. been first. Exactly. Last yeah. one in, first one out. Dude. Um, so once all these furloughs happen, the people that are going to be screwed the most are the people that are flight instructors and students right now mm-hmm. because they're going to have their ratings. But now everyone that just got furloughed who already has thousands of hours, they're going to they're gonna get their jobs back first. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's the thing that sucks for a lot of um airline members and this is goes for flight attendants too you know they're in the exact same boat um Mm -hmm. i want to say i heard something where one of the major airlines is getting ready to lay off or they they've said october 1st they're furloughing thirty thousand employees you know and it's it's just wild and that's it was it was a large airline (laughs) that's saying this and this is all public news anyways but (laughs) yeah i mean well i mean if we're talking regional like of course like shout out air wisconsin let's go Let's go. There you go. Hey. <laughs> and, my, and my favorite named one ever, the, was it called the Makulele Airlines? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Some Hawaiian stuff. <laughs> Josh, you're not about that regional life. You, you're, nah, you've spent too much time in Vegas. Nah, I got I do, I <laughs> Southwest, JetBlue, and American. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I want to sort of pivot, but not really. I want to really start talking about you more and kind of like what makes you tick. Because a lot of our listeners love the idea of like, when we have people who aren't DJs that bring like a very specific um, kind of career right. field into interview, like for example, we had an ICU nurse on back in like late March, early April, like yeah. the peak you of COVID. Like Kathy Chow. Shout out Kathy Chow. Mm, I do not. I know another ICU nurse. Well, actually, I know a, a, a NICU, the baby ICU nurses. Um, yeah, I know one of those. Prenatal, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. neonatal. Yeah, yeah, some scary oh, stuff. Baby right there. nurse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of want to get your take on like how you view how you view travel professionally versus as a hobbyist, because it, you clearly have to like at one point or another separate the two. But like, do you? You know, one thing I'm very spoiled with is as an airline employee, I get free travel benefits. Mm-hmm. So domestically man i i go all over the place and doesn't cost me anything um now separating it between like a hobby and for work i don't think i do separate the two because when i travel for work that's an extension of like i look at it as a vacation right like okay you're you're wisconsin boy i have overnights in in milwaukee all the time and i think that's a dope ass city and when i'm doing that for work 
it doesn't feel like I'm working. Like, are there days where, yeah, super, super long and I'm tired and I don't want to go out afterwards? Or are there times where I like flying to places like Devil's Lake, North Dakota, where there may not be something super adventurous and awesome to do? Sure. It's like North Dakota. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's, it's brutal in the winter. Absolutely brutal in the winter. Um, but if I were to just like encapsulate how I feel about travel, man, I, I'm, I'm always looking five, six months into the future as to like what I can do this year. I picked the worst year to do it, but I, I deemed it 2020, the year of American parties. And I was trying to hit up all the best parties in the country. Well, that sure as fuck <laughs> isn't happening. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Well, you know what? That's actually funny because we had a question. I wanted to ask, what are some of the like things that you still have on your list or like places to go or big parties to go to or anything like that? Because that was a question we had later on, but I got to ask it right now. Yeah. You know, so so the way that I started the year off, well, I looked at the whole year and I was like, all right, domestically, what are some of the most fun events you can go to? I was fortunate enough. I went to Austin for New Year's. Um, I went to the Waste Management Open down oh in Scottsdale. Goodness. Nice. Um, this is wild. <laughs> and then coming straight from Japan snowboarding, I went straight to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. I was fortunate all of that stuff happened before events no longer did. Yeah. And, you know, something you guys can obviously relate to as DJs, one of the biggest setbacks for me and things I enjoy most is music and sports. Mm. And so... I miss sports so much. Yeah, right? <laughs> if there's ever something that should be unifying to everyone, I mean, sports would be it. Um, I've gotten really into marble racing, though. Marble racing is my new Oh, fix. there we go. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, dude, you can you can watch esports, too. They're still doing things that are, in a they safe got, capacity. They got the MLS back on now, and it that shit is so annoying because they add, like, fake crowd noise, and oh, it dude. sounds like it's the World Cup. Like, I'm like, okay, this is like a – friendly like why do they have just vuvuzelas everywhere yeah (laughs) right so what they need to do is do it like the ufc and have that just pure authenticity where you know yeah they get hit in the face it sounds weird you hear the entire thing and there's no response other than you know the people in their corner yeah um but yeah the other things that i was looking forward to this year um i wanted to go to burning man the kentucky derby oh shit that's on my list um i had tickets to stagecoach um, nice. You know, any any sort of concert at Red Rock is always amazing. If you guys haven't been to that venue, you have Red to. Rock. Oh, in, De- uh, in, in Denver. Denver, yeah, yeah. dude. The if amphitheater been, there, gorgeous. Yeah, um, I'd say that's number one in the country, and then the Gorge up in Washington, as oh, far shit. as venues go, you can't dude. you can't beat them. So you were literally all gas, no brakes, and then suddenly you were <laughs> all brakes, no gas. <laughs> Sounds sounds like every other citizen ever. Yeah, right now. and it, it was weird for me though because I, I was fortunate to get the paid time off. So I had yeah. a point where from let's see, April, May, June, I technically was still getting paid, but I worked five days. Mm-hmm. So it was this oddity because I'm so used to always being on the road for work yeah. and for extracurricular activities. Now I'm home in Vegas. I'm like, oh, sweet. I can spend time with my friends and, you know, have some downtime and then nothing's open. Mm -hmm. And then I had friends that were being very respectful to the fact that they didn't want to endanger themselves or the family. So I'm like, hey, man, you guys want to like come over for this house party or something? Like, nope, sorry. Sorry. Is there going to be more than 10 people? I'm like, uh, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you know, (laughs) and so it was weird being home so much, um, having the opportunity to hang out with my friends when I normally don't and not being able to do that. So but I had all the time in the world. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like my life sometimes is a little too much go. Um, so I think this downtime is actually pretty nice. 
the I think it's a good like tangible example of the balance point, right? Like mm-hmm. you had all these plans to just be nonstop, and then you were more or less, you know, forced into this uh, kind of like confinement scenario. But also, like I'm sure you've grown, you know, personally, interpersonally as a person through this time. It's uh, it's funny that you mentioned it's like, man, like look at all this time. I got PTO. Like I can, um, I ran into the same thing March through uh, June, where it was like I was collecting unemployment. It was like, it was pretty good. It was Washington state unemployment. Like they take care of you up there. And I was like, man, look at this check I'm getting every week. And like, at the time my expenses were so low that it was just like, Oh, look at all this expendable income. Oh wait, nothing's open. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I did the responsible thing. I just bought a car. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. (laughs) naturally. You know, but um, I think it's that, it's that funny thing though. It's like, you have all this time in the world, but then you realize how heavily you rely on other things to fill that time with. And then it, it, it sort of forces you to think again and be like, okay, what can I do right now to still, you know, make something out of the time, like better myself, you know, however you want to. Um, I think it's pretty cool that you were in a social environment where people were aware rather than just, you know, like not really paying attention at all because it's like two different ends of the spectrum. And, and mm-hmm. of course, like, when you're talking about your work specifically, like your ability to just be ready at any point, like you never, as, as much as companies are saying like, Hey, like this is your PTO, whatever, like things can change and you could be called any second and like being available and being ready and relevant is like, that's such a cool thing that to have going for you and that other people more or less kind of like indirectly played into that for you. Yeah. It's definitely a weird industry to be in because a lot of people don't understand it um and they're like dude you're, you're based in denver like how the hell does that work i'm like yeah i hop on a flight and have to be there when i have to show up um but i mean kind of probably along the same reasons that you guys are doing this podcast um it's one more thing that you guys just wanted to do to better yourselves to interact with people to learn more about the ins and outs of what people do and why they do it um and how it affects your industry me with my job, I have a lot of downtime with commuting, um, being on, sometimes I'm deadheaded from, you know, one city to the next, and now I'm just a passenger in the back, even though I'm working. I think it's important for people to never be complacent and mm. stop advancing themselves as individuals. So, I mean, I've really been looking to podcasts. Um, I think long format, uh, discussions are the way to go. Um, and, even though I've had all this downtime, I still can't find enough hours in the day, man. There's, there's just too much that I want to do every day. Um, yeah. And, you know, we're talking about traveling, music, sports. None of this even has to do anything like, oh, we mentioned rock climbing. But, you know, on, the, on a fitness level. Um, and so it's hard. I still think it's hard to pack enough things in every day. Um, but I enjoy the grind. And I, I think these last few months... I'm hoping we're a blessing in disguise for some people, maybe not financially, um, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping people will still take advantage of it. I mean, I would think as DJs, this is some pretty damn good time to put some music together, right? If you're producing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. even less incentivizing I've found. Maybe Josh, you have a different point. Well, no, here. it's like, well, cause I was, when, well, I ended up getting a job, but before that, like, it was kind of hard because we were putting like putting all this work into our music, but it's not the same when you don't have anywhere to go DJ. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's like pretty much the way I, when I download music, I'm like, all right, I could play this here. Like, and this will work perfect. Or, you know what I mean? This song will be perfect here, but when you don't have that, it's not the same thing. And then I kind of started to get into producing, but 
I ended up ended up getting a job. So I don't know. It's it's been cool. But now I think this whole thing, like you have said, has been a blessing in disguise because I feel like for like me and you, Peter, as well, like we had we did have like a lot of momentum going and everything was going good with, you know, connect and flight radio. Both of us had like pretty packed DJ schedules and everything, but yeah. I was actually talking about someone today. I was like kind of starting to get complacent. Cause I was like enjoying it. I was just putting in the work that needed to be done to like stay where I was as a DJ. But now with this happening, now I got like some other stuff going on. I'm like, you know, doing some e-commerce shit. Like it's like, you needed, you need something like that to, to, something like this pandemic or anything that tests you in life will make you change and make you stronger and make you be able to pivot. And I think that's like very important, you know what I mean? Cause some people maybe would, and like myself, I would have just kept DJing until something mm-hmm. happened to make me stop DJing. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think it's been, no, uh, you, I've, you hit it on the head, man. Like I, I mean, obviously I'll always attribute, um, you know, losing all this weight during COVID to COVID, you know, like, <laughs> I like the quarantining absolutely forced me to like stay strict on a diet, whatever the case is. Uh, you didn't put fun, on a quarantine 15 fun fact. I'm down 90, 94 pounds right now <laughs> oh, since, damn, uh, since Christmas. So, um, no shit, like, really? yeah, so six months in me, down about 94. Um, I'm probably back up to like being down 91 at this point. Colorado was a little tricky. What was the wake up call for you? Uh, there was a black Friday sale for Weight Watchers and like, I'm a suck. No, it was, it was honestly like the entire purpose of it was completely vain. Like I, I really wanted to get a jawline back. So I had this goal, like jawline 2020. I told Josh about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, jawline 2020. And then it was weird because like a lot of it at that point was like, what do I have to lose at this point in terms of like doing it and like just going for the diet and going for the cut and then all of a sudden it was like 10 pounds turned into 20 pounds turned into 30 pounds. Um, and then it was to the point where like, even Josh, like you indirectly became like a support system for me because you would just be like, yo, you look different right now. Mm. And so obviously like when you're trying to do a transformation, like you don't see it because you're with yourself every day. So you don't see the like physical differences that happen as you're going along. And then like, even like from the time that I was with you, Josh, during Christmas to like March over my birthday to like May, yeah. it was like three different, three different Peter pancakes. It was like Peter pancake turned into like crepe cakes turned into keto cakes. Yeah. Skinny like cakes back to here. back to back. Yeah. But no, here. absolutely. It was, yeah, it was crazy. Like, um, and then like when I finally went back to Milwaukee for the first time in six months, that's when it like really hit me. I was like, oh, I am different. Like people are looking at me differently. They're saying things to me. Um, it was funny. Like, I'm not going to post until I hit that 100 mark. And then my buddy outed me at 90 pounds. I was like, dude, come on. Uh, (laughs) You ruined the triple digits, man. He was like, I'm just so proud. I'm like, bro, like I was like, I'm 10 pounds away. Just let me have this one. (laughs) But no, no, I, you're absolutely right though. With like making sure that you're still maximizing your energy and, and to Josh's point, like making sure that you're diverting that energy. So like all the energy that Josh and I had put into getting bookings, making sure that we're having our mixes up on time, promoting correctly, categorizing our libraries and our, and our set lists. It's like that then converted into like, okay, how can we better ourselves from a content standpoint, Twitch? How can we like create uh, a digital presence on Twitch? How can we do it via the way we interview? Like we completely changed our entire interview setup 
um, for the podcast, like in March. And that was a large contribution to like, well, we have more time. So let's take more time to like really get to know the people we're interviewing and like be more organized with it and, and kind of come off more legitimate. So um, it's really cool, Eric, to hear that like you're someone who really, really cares about making sure that your time is maximized and also making sure that like the work you put in, you're getting out as well, whether it's exercise, whether it's like trying to find those next adventures or like researching new things or like creating that list of where you want to go next, yeah, like planning out your year man. parties, like even though, you know what I mean? That's dope. Like, that's super cool. Dude, the, I mean, the list never stops, right? It's like, mm -hmm. everyone's like, Oh, you know, I got this bucket list or whatever. And if you do have one, it should never stop. Um, yeah. And I think it's awesome. Like you guys have said, you've been refining the way you guys have been doing the podcast, just like with your music, it's all about reps, right? The more reps you put in the way you, you learn ways you want to refine the things that you're doing, you figure out this works. Oh shit. Zoom, this thing that didn't ex exist, even though Skype and FaceTime has been around for a while, yeah. Zoom just comes in and changes the game, even though this is my first Zoom that I've ever done, period. Um, I do think that it's important so we were talking about like how I like to do extreme sports earlier. Mm -hmm. When I was learning how to rock climb, one of my mentors, he's like this, he's ridiculously good here in the Vegas Valley. Um, he owns uh, R2C2, that rock climbing gym off Charleston. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the one thing that he told me that has stuck with me forever, and then I think this applies to a lot of things, especially like they're going on, but he said into, in relation to extreme sports, is that complacency will kill you. Mm -hmm. The one time that you get in the car and you know, you've been, you've texted before so many times. It's the one time that you get complacent where something can happen. If you're a professional rock climber, the one time that you assume that you tied the right rope properly is you climb up, you go to get belayed down and then you fall 40 feet and break your legs or something. Um, I don't think it's any different with day to day life. And I think it's important. Like you guys said, you guys, you got to the point where you're like, damn, I just been going through the motions. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I was so used to having gigs all the time doing the same thing. Um, I think it's important for people to never be complacent because um, that's when crap like this will happen. And who knows if you're going to have a job, who knows if someone else is ready to take over the stuff that you've thought you were doing, but they're just going to do it better than you. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's awesome that you guys have both been doing the things to not be stagnant. Yeah. And for like Peter, think about quarantine. Who are the people that have been getting sick and it actually really affected them? It's either old people or people that aren't healthy, you know, had, had you, had you gotten affected with COVID and you had that extra 90 pounds, who knows how like your body would respond to it. And that's like a serious, True. serious factor. No, absolutely. It's, it's funny. Like what you just said is literally Josh and my conversation, maybe two and a half weeks ago, where we were talking about like the most difficult thing to do is go from good to great. And like, it's easier to go from terrible to great because you don't have that complacency of good. Um, and we were talking about that, Josh, especially yeah, with yeah. like how we approach like our method, um, a methodology around this podcast or how we approach even like preparing to DJ. Like I DJed over the 4th of July. First time I'd actually DJed since like March. And like, I don't think I've ever appreciated like actually DJing in, in a long time like that. And, you know, it's, it's that thing where it's like, we got so complacent because we were good enough yeah. to be able to coast it which is like to an extent it's like cool it's a testament to the work you put in and then like so what you know like that's great who cares 
um it's it's funny like even just look at josh's wall right there that poster like oh. that poster is like a testament to yeah. to josh's like psyche in my opinion like nobody cares work harder yeah, you know and and covid definitely like the self-isolation this quarantine in it it really put into perspective a like who your friends actually are because let's be honest like a lot of people dropped off mm-hmm. um i know it happened to me i'm sure it happened to the both of you like there are some people that you just didn't keep in touch with over covid and, and it's it's no one's fault it's just the reality of like where your relationship was with certain people and like what they think of you and, and what you think of them as well um but then yeah the ability to like really hone in and just make something out of every day i think was um i mean i'll be honest like there were points in in the spring where it got kind of dark and i was like fuck like i'm literally living alone in a hotel right now like Mm. this sucks and it was in seattle which was like the epicenter (laughs) so um dude that was literally a block from where i used to live yeah like i had a neighbor that texted me yeah i had a neighbor that texted me it's like dude like i can't leave my place i was like that sucks (laughs) that that's a whole other story right there yeah um i want to get back to your music stuff though because that's a really cool component that i didn't know about until josh had like prepped me on this interview around like the amount of like concert going kind of person you are and like how you love that type of environment right now i think uh, a really good question that josh actually brought up and i'm gonna take it josh i'm gonna ask this question even though you thought of it but it's a great question so when you're flying are you allowed to listen to music no <laughs> no great hypothetical no. <laughs> hypothetical if you that's my, that's listen my to answer <laughs> if if an airline let's say an airline goes you know what one earpiece in you can listen to something what's the track that you're just like this is what allows me to just like enjoy the idea of flying and even if, like let's say you're in the jump seat right let's say you're not even like on command of like a responsibility but you have that front view of just seeing out like what is what is a song what is an artist what is like something that you're like this this is like a representation of like why i love to do this so i'm the type when it comes to music and this is most people right it's it's all about a feeling that you currently have you know you're not going to probably do homework to the same music you're going to at the gym mm-hmm. let's say hypothetically if i was able to <laughs> listen to music while flying you know what's the probably the most important portion of a flight for you as a passenger probably the landing the landing yeah (laughs) probably the landing right so i would say when i'm allowed to go to the bathroom that's a really good moment for me when i can get up out of my seat and go to the restroom okay fair enough fair enough yeah (laughs) hey and in full disclosure as the person that's turned off that light Man, we forget a lot of times. <laughs> we just forget. For real? I love <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. I love oh, that. Yeah. I mean, it's such it's such a la- it's, yeah. I mean, it's such a like non-factor too, right? Like, if you have to go, you're gonna go. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. and that's also like something where I feel like, well, isn't there something where it's like, it's a it's a it's a consumer right to go to the restroom at, at any point, even if it's like, I mean, obviously, like, be fucking smart and like don't be an idiot with it, but also like, no one can be like, no. Well, you ever see that uh, Key and Peel? Key and Peel yes. with the flight attendant. Yes. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's it right there. You know, that he's like, "Hey, sit in your seat." And he's like, "All right, well, I'm I'm gonna go anyways." You know, he's just like, "All right," you know, and the the plane's bouncing around. That's how it is. You know. Wait, um, Josh, have you not seen it? No, no, I haven't seen. Oh, it. oh you have to. Oh man! All right, it's, Eric, it's will you so send good. him the? Will you send him the clip after this? Yeah, yeah, Please. absolutely. It's so good. Um, but 
my my the favorite landing, the landing, yeah. is be the landing. So coming in for the approach, um, and I'm the type if I'm really focusing on on something, I like epic instrumentals. Uh-huh. And I put, I think I actually put it on the list. So you guys asked for the playlist, uh, Blackmail. Um, I like electronic instrumentals that just have like this epic kind of feel to it. So something like Glitch Mob. Um, Ooh, we're just, okay. We're just like get, it gets me in the zone, um, but I can still focus because there aren't lyrics that are polluting my 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 thoughts at the uh-huh. same time. Um, but. En route, man. I guess it wouldn't be while I'm while I'm working, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of all over the board. But if I'm, I I really like a lot of instrumental stuff, even like violins, like uh, Lindsey Sterling, because uh-huh. um, then I'm you know I'm, I'm constantly in my head. So if I have too many lyrics, that I think that takes away from it. Um, it really just depends on the the current mindset, because I, I listen to everything under the sun. Mm. Dude, that's that's hella dope. Were there uh, were there any concert? Well, I guess you kind of already talked about this, but were there any uh, concerts that you had planned to go to that? Uh, I mean, other than um, you mentioned a few, but any like artist concerts you had planned on going to that didn't happen because of COVID? Oh, man. Well, I mean, how many concerts did you guys know of after before March or after March? <laughs> um, oh, I'd yeah, say I uh, concert season. And- yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of them started. um coming off the uh, event list pretty early yeah um i went to one last year that was going to be pretty fun um i don't even know who the artists were but it's called reggae tronic and one of my best friends from high school he moved out to charlotte north carolina mm-hmm. and there's a lake just south lake murray they had a free concert on a barge and it was reggae and electronic music but the only oh, caveat shit. was that the only way you could go was if you had a boat oh that's then so i went last year all of us tied up together and then you know if there's people hopping from each other's boats um it was a good time yeah um outside of that i mean probably burning man would have been the next one but that's just that's just like a whole other experience yeah. that's not purely yeah. music I and mean, that's just art in every form you can imagine um yeah no i would have i would have been adding a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. i i always try to go to red rock um in, each year at least for one um if you guys haven't been like i said earlier i, I haven't seen a concert there i like went there and i ran and like there's just some exercise there i was like wait, wait you've never been to a concert there no i haven't oh. no. i've been but you've seen like, you've seen you've seen yes. where the stage is right yeah so, i mean could you imagine djing from there Dude, that'd be crazy. Looking so up, the, the the time that i was there i like went there but it was kind of like a last minute trip and flume was playing and i was like what the fuck oh also flume blue uh whatever eiffel 45 blue remix oh okay it just came out not that long ago but whatever um flume was there and i was like yo but that shit was completely sold out and then i was like yo we should just try and go and see if we can get some like scalp tickets but it didn't work out so i've never been to red rocks um i would like to go yeah and flume would be a perfect artist to see there you Dude, know, and like um, the lights hitting off the entire like rock formations there would be insane for Flume. And I think that's one thing I, that I'm I miss most about my my work benefits in the sense that I'm constantly in random cities all the time. Mm-hmm. I also prefer to like look at my schedule or look at the the calendar events for let's say uh, sports teams like basketball and baseball are really easy because there's so many games every year. I'd be like, okay, cool. Milwaukee has a home game here. So then I'd try and bid my schedule to where I'm there that night. So now that's one of the biggest setbacks right now with everything going on. I'm still in these cities, but there's no events going on that I would yeah. normally take advantage of with my uh-huh. job just naturally. 
Um, and you so, gotta, for instance, you got to capitalize. You got to capitalize Uber Eats at that point. That's about yeah, all yeah right. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing a lot of running. That's pretty much what there I've been go. doing with my my downtime in places. Dang, yeah, man. Dang. Wanna, um, wanna get into these rapid fire questions? Yeah, so we're at the final segment of our interview. Uh, during the peak of kind of the spring, we did a, a cool little segment where we we pretended that we were at a restaurant. We ordered off a menu. It was wild. It was a wild time um, because a lot of us just really missed being at a restaurant ordering off a menu. It's a it's a yeah. it's a luxury we don't have often. Oh but. yeah, because because now I have to scan and do your QR code for the menu. You know, there's physical yeah. menus like hey, don't exist kinda, anymore. That's yeah. kind of dope though. You just want to open it, you and be like, hmm. Let me look. You know, <laughs> um, okay, here we go. Rapid fire questions. So just off the cuff, just answer them. Here we go. You're in the airport. You're about to catch a flight. Um, we'll do two scenarios. We'll do as a passenger and as a pilot. Um, what is your drink and your snack of choice? Um, let's see. As a pilot, it is a Dasani lime, and my snack is the Stroopwafel. As a passenger, let's go Stroopwafels. As a passenger, uh, gin and soda with a lemon and lime, and <clears throat> the tapas box from United. It's like one of those little lunch boxes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Unless, um, unless, like I had earlier this year, and I get first class on like Delta to Tokyo. All right, then now you have a five course meal. Now that would be my yeah. favorite. As and a then passenger. you get, and then you get the ramen halfway through. Yeah, uh, free drinks. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's is, the way to go as a passenger. That is my life goal. I cannot die without flying first class on an international flight. I'm, I'm gonna spend the money. I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna do it one of these days. Dude, it was. I had first class at Tokyo. And then on my way back, I had first class to L.A. on my way to New Orleans. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a nice luxury when you're like, damn, I wish this 12 hour flight was longer. Longer, Yeah. Oh, man. You know, you know, that's I highly recommend it. Definitely do it. Josh, we really messed up because my a friend of mine from college, she used to work for Asiana corporate. So any flight like L.A. to Seoul would have been like upgraded. We messed up. Every time she's not now transitioned. Every time I fly to Asia, I'm like, I always ask. I'm like, oh, how much is that uh, first class upgrade? They're like, oh, yeah, you know, like $7,000. I'm like, no. <laughs> it's wild, dude. Dude. I, I mean, I felt pretty bougie upgrading to Mint and JetBlue for the red eyes. I was like, <laughs> that is that is peak peak pancake right there. Like, um, $100, I like maybe. But wait, Josh, have you never done like first class internationally? I've, no, I've never flown. No, no, I haven't. I've flown first class domestically before. And I flew first class one time from, uh, I mean, it was like a small plane from Bahamas to, um, to Florida, but it mm-hmm. was like on a small ass plane. So it didn't really, you know, I drank some champagne. That was my the uh, the claim to fame for me is when I first came to America from South Korea, I flew first class at like seven months old. So oh, there it is. I bet there you, it you is. Enjoyed back, that. Yeah. back in my prime. Yeah. No, yeah. it was um, it was a safety thing because uh, there back in the 90s, there was like a big issue with um, kids who were being adopted, like babies being adopted, like being taken off planes by people that shouldn't have been taking them. And Damn, so, like, long. so they like did it where like you would go first class. They would separate you, and like you would be like confined in that first class area so that it was safe and and that kind of thing. So, shout out to 
drink shout out to greg and diane for yeah paying for that first yeah a little baby with a with the with a little like uh like uh what do you call it like the the champagne like the no spill the no spill bottle (laughs) Uh, Uh, yeah yeah. all right um here we go second rapid fire question this is really slow (laughs) 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 our rapid fire questions are never fast all right your biggest pet peeve of passengers and your biggest pet peeve of other pilots of passengers whenever i'm commuting um and i have my i have the bose qc35s you know my noise canceling headphones i'm in uniform but i'm passenger and i'm on my way home to vegas and i clearly don't want to talk to anyone or listen to what they're saying and then they tap me on my shoulder and they're like are you a pilot (laughs) and then and i'm like clearly in uniform i'm like and then i have to take i have to stop listening to my music um yeah, that really annoys me. Um, against pilots, um, it's pretty notorious throughout the industry, and it's true, and I'm not this type of person, mm-hmm. but pilots do a lot of bitching. They bitch and complain about a lot of stupid things. And if I'm stuck with you for three, four days in that cockpit, the last thing I want to do is hear you bitch and complain for four days. So hopefully, so, you know, if I was hypothetically allowed to listen to music, that'd be cool. <laughs> hypothetically, so hypothetically, hypothetically, hypothetically. <laughs> I have, I have a, uh, I have a solution for the first problem you run into as, as a like passenger in uniform, just literally tell the person you're Frank Abernale. Okay. And they'll be like, Oh, yeah, I don't know. Um, catch me if you can. The movie. Oh, After okay. That yeah, guy, yeah, perfect. The, the forger. Just be like, yo, yeah, my yeah, name's yeah, Frank yeah. Abernale. And then if they get it, then like you guys have a connection and if they don't then it was just a funny thing that you know and it's an inside joke um now josh don't get me wrong i love talking to people i love talking to people i just don't like people complaining about stuff yeah yeah you don't (laughs) like you don't like talking to that random passenger though when you're listening to your music you know after after a long three four days of working and i'm looking forward to taking my hour and a half flight back home yeah, dude. What do I do? I zone out and I listen to music. You know, Can I just, I just listen to Lindsey Sterling in peace, yeah, please? Yeah, exactly. You know, I need my violin. Mm-hmm. There it is. Um, all right, here we go. Third question. Just And you have to answer this like super quick gut reaction because I don't want you thinking about it. Yes. Your favorite, the answer your favorite yes. airport. Favorite airport, least favorite airport. Go. Oh, fuck. Um, I already know that's too long. Um, favorite airport and least favorite airport at the same time, Chicago Hair. Uh, yeah yeah tell me more um yeah yeah you gotta explain that well so uh, there's the passenger side and then there's the operational side as a pilot their air traffic control their ground control approach they are on their shit they know their stuff it's Mm -hmm. fast it's efficient and it's good um not every airport is like that um so I think the, the Chicago controllers and probably New York are probably the best in the country. Um, so I love it from an operational standpoint because there's so many things going on. It's fast and it works. Um, from a passenger standpoint, man, it's super outdated. It's really mm-hmm. tight, confines. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the L in Chicago, but I mean, your first impression getting on the L on the blue line yeah, out of yeah. O'Hare is a bunch of bums. You yeah. know, it's not the best first impression. Granted, they are doing like an overhaul over the next 10 years. Yeah. Um, but that was off the top of my head. Uh, no, that's, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, um, yeah. Follow-up question for you on that. Air traffic control in Chicago. Can you tell that they have an accent when they're talking to you? um sometimes sometimes i mean sometimes there are um 
but I'm, I'm pretty good at picking up on accents. Uh, I'm, I'm decently well, well traveled. They don't always have accents. So you, you can tell the shit, the, the good old Chicago accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. Right I, also, I also live there for six months. So oh, I'm okay, gonna, that's fair. Yeah, I live. Yeah. I know some locals out there. You're <laughs> um, gonna see him be like, just in like a super like Chicago accent, just like, "Hey there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we see you on approach there, eh?" Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, oh, I actually man. got a, I got an extra question I want to add in. Okay. Uh, favorite musical artist of all time? Go. Whoa. Top man, one, maybe two. Okay. Like, this- like, well, let's let's make it let's make it higher stakes. You're on an island, deserted, and you have a Microsoft Zune, <laughs> and that Zune can only have one song on it. What is that song? Or what is have- that? one song or one song like artist or like one artist one music. artist okay. one artist okay so and it has to be I've, a microsoft zune it has to be okay. a zune well if i was stuck with one song it would be don't stop me now by queen <laughs> it's just okay, feels good song, okay. Man. okay. it is a journey it is a journey yeah. like you're on a I'm, journey I'm, in that song yeah I'm, I'm ready to take on the world when i listen to that uh-huh. song um and my favorite rock band and probably artist um, is one that's a little unorthodox and doesn't go over well with a lot of rock enthusiasts, uh, but Shinedown. Shinedown's my favorite okay, rock band, okay. and I can relate to a lot of their music, and uh, I love their lyrics, and I think the uh, lead singer has got a phenomenal voice. I, th- I thought you were going to say uh, Nickelback. I was getting a little oh, close, close third. Close <laughs> yeah. third. What about, what about Hoobastank? Everybody loves Hoobastank. Yeah, a little, a little too whiny for me. All right, Josh, Queen, go Queen's, ahead. You got... Queen's my favorite rock band, though, so I I agree with there you. There you go. Josh, you got the last question. Great. Last question. Okay, so this is a question that we ask all of our guests. This is always our last question, but this yeah. will be really interesting from you. Have you ever missed a flight or had a close call to miss a flight? And that could be as a passenger or a pilot, obviously. Oh, this is this is what you ask everyone. Yeah, okay, we everyone. Ask, Well, we ask um, them, have they missed a flight? But, like, have you missed a flight? period um as as a passenger yes and even as an employee tell me more tell me more let's go let's go let's go so as a as a commuter you know you're rolling the dice um and i had one instance where fuck i was i was commuting on frontier and i would i would have got there like two hours early well ahead of time as i'm pulling up to the gate they're already boarding up passengers and probably like five minutes later they deboard the entire plane because when the pilot did the walk around he noticed one of the tires was flat but they didn't notice it before they started boarding everyone so mm-hmm. everyone comes off um and then they get back on and now i call my company and i'm like hey i'm still gonna be i'm gonna make it on time but i just want to let you know what's up this is what's happening so they change the tire everyone boards again and then the pilots make an announcement hey they put the wrong tire on so then they had to deboard everyone again um i ended up getting to my plane like probably like 40 minutes late but at that point you know i couldn't call them in the air and tell them hey this is what's going on um they had another reserve pilot so Mm. yeah very very rare um but yeah no and then the other time as a passenger that was that was me booking through like third-party vendors through cheapo airway back in the day when i didn't have flight benefits Mm. um but we were on our way to spain and there's flash floods in toronto that screwed us up and uh we ended up missing our flight to get out there that sucked Oh, so you missed the flight. Oh, because of the floods, you couldn't get to the airport? What happened was we were in Vegas. And like I said, it was through a third-party vendor, Chippo Air, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a travelocity of sorts. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. 
our flight was, I want to say, um, American from Vegas to Toronto and then British airways from Toronto to Madrid. Mm-hmm. Um, there was seven of us and we had a four hour layover in Toronto, but there's flash floods in Toronto and they're saying we're going to have a four and a half hour delay. So as a, a relatively unexperienced traveler at the time, I was like, all right, well, do we go to Toronto still or do we figure this out in Vegas? And I, I still don't know what would have been the, the perfect idea because it was weather related. So we get out there. Sure enough, we, you know, we missed our flight. We wait in line for an hour to get hotel accommodations. We get to the front of the line and the gate agent or the, the customer service lady is like, yeah, no, you didn't miss our flight. You missed American's flight. That's not our fault. So then, then we call American. They're like, and American's like, well, we got you there. We have nothing to do with British Airways. Uh-huh. Oh, and then shit. we call Cheapo Air and they're like, well, you know, that's on the airline. So we're on the phone. We literally we were in, the in Toronto. circles. Yes. Yeah. We were literally in the Toronto terminal for like 24 hours, like waiting and to figure it out. And it was just such a shit show. So oh, man. if you're doing international travel, keep it through the same airline. I don't, I don't, I don't recommend risking it like that unless you're just, yeah, no, there's too many that. variables like mm-hmm. and nobody wants to take responsibility of it obviously and they have an out like they all have an out mm-hmm. yeah, like, yeah. Yo, we got you where you were supposed to be like it's not our yeah. fault but yeah. 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 yeah yeah um one more follow-up for you and it's not a rapid fire question but it's definitely something that josh and i were like very eager to talk to you about and we okay. both dropped the ball and forgot to ask this better late than never give us your top two travel tips for somebody who like well, let's do it this way. What is a tip that you have for somebody who's like an amateur consumer flyer? Like they don't do it that often, but just like a really good to know in terms of like efficiency or like something that'll help them feel less stress. And then for somebody who travels frequently, what's like a hack where you're like, yo, like this is something that like we don't talk, like people don't talk about. Um, let's see to someone that's like relatively new. Um, if you are doing a connecting flight, give yourself at least two hours. That is something like, I don't know how many times where I have passengers where we're like five minutes early and their connections still in like 40 minutes. And now they're running through, you know, some terminals are pretty damn big. Mm. They don't give themselves enough time. I'd say general rule of thumb, if you have a connecting flight, give yourself at least two hours. That way, if you have weather delays, mechanical delays, there's so many things that could happen. Yeah. Um, there could just be flow delays um, for stupid reasons because there's too much volume, even though the weather's perfectly fine. Um, that'd be my recommendation to new people. Um, Shout out connecting flights. Hey. Man, it's see one of the setbacks though with the way that I travel is I, it's always standby. So my hacks would be for people that have like flight benefits, <laughs> mm-hmm. but there are a few websites that I do recommend as far as like looking at your options uh flightconnections.com and passrider but for the normal consumer when you're buying things man i haven't done that in so long and never since with the airlines i'm almost like the worst person to ask because mm. i haven't paid for flights in a long yeah. time you're, well, you're out of that be, culture already, it could be like a just a travel tip in general just for like traveling it doesn't have to be about like booking flights or anything just like yeah oh <laughs> yeah don't check in bags no. I Thank don't, you. I don't. Don't Thank check you. in bags, man. Thank I've, you. I if why the hell do you need a bag that weighs 120 pounds when you're going on like a week long trip? The only way I see that acceptable or necessary is if you have kids and you're you're, you're carrying all their crap. 
-hmm. Outside of that, if you can't fit it into the overhead compartment, you've got too much crap. So um, what I don't even do, that's even another contention is uh, overhead bags. Like people are now doing like no carry on. Like they're just like, why bring a carry on? And it's like yeah. they're trying to go minimal at that point. Yeah, I mean, if if you it really depends on your length of trip. Um, yeah. But now that being said, you know, for if you guys are doing international traveling and you like to do some backpacking. Dry fit clothes are the way to go. Bring dry fit clothes, stuff that, I mean, I, I don't ever do, I don't ever go to like a laundromat. I normally just bring like laundry, like a soap powder or whatever. And then I just wash in my hotel rooms. Um, now you can, you have less clothes that you need and you can reuse them uh, much easier and it gives you more, more space. Um, yeah, I pretty much only travel with dry fit clothes because then you can work out in them. They're, mm -hmm. they don't wrinkle. Um, yeah josh we got to show we got to show eric the uh the pillow thing that booza showed us oh the inflatable pillow? pillow no he has this one that straps to the back of your to your seat back and then you lean forward and it's like a ah uh, yeah 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 I've, yeah I've seen stuff like that i probably you don't should, have any so you don't have any neck like cramps that. after it because like neck cramps happen but if you're leaning forward it's like you're like you know like head down on a desk kind of thing yeah, yeah totally um, and i'm i'm a heavy sleeper and i can't sleep on planes save my life oh, so really yeah, and I've tried everything, man. I've man. I've got like two different types of inflatable pillows. I, uh, I have the I have like the eye mask cover. I've done uh, melatonin. It just unless I'm flying first class overseas, then lie you know. flat. There yeah. it is. <laughs> um, Eric, this has been an absolute like splendor. Thank you for being on here with us. I definitely want to, and I don't know if I can make this call right now, Josh, but I think we need to do a round two interview session on a plane with Eric. <laughs> on a plane yeah when you're flying standby we'll be that'll be wild yeah we've done interviews on a boat we've done interview have we done one in a car yet no whatever. we did one we at a 7-eleven yeah we did one at a 7-eleven <laughs> we got to do one on a plane that'll be that'll, that'll be, be so, the next step bam. so all right yeah that'd be dope i'm i'm count me in hopefully hopefully the the airline industries will be better at that point once round two comes around hey let's go yeah. to north dakota josh let's <laughs> yeah. do it Devil's Lake, man. <laughs> there we go. Do it, especially in the winter. Um, so what we have coming up next for everyone is uh, Eric sent us a list of his current like songs that he loves listening to. And so I will be putting that together into a mix because I owe Josh money. And this is my way to pay him back for it. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear this because it's a very eclectic mix of music. Dude, that's, it, that's what we do. on. We, talk, we talked about that, though, and, and Josh was like, well, Pancake, like you are an eclectic DJ, so this will actually work out pretty easily. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. Even just like seeing it, I'm like, man, like, spoiler alert, I got to figure out a way to make Chris Stapleton work with Calvin Harris, and we'll figure out how that goes. <laughs> the one that's going to be really interesting is the Apache. Yeah, I saw that. I just, a, it's a bizarre I just, one. I already tuned it out. I'm going to worry about that later. Um, Eric, tell everyone how they can get a hold of you. What's your Instagram? All that good stuff. Um, you guys can get a hold of me uh, pretty much via Instagram. I, I, can't, I can't give out my personal cell phone, you know. Um, <laughs> my, my Instagram tag is American Supertramp. Um, and that's A-M period Eric period A-N underscore Supertramp. And if you don't know what a super champ is, watch or read Into the Wild, and you'll learn it that way. Dude, I didn't even realize great, great that it was American. Like, like, I didn't realize that. I just 
type in because well, dude you you can't you can't spell america without eric yeah dude that's <laughs> america <laughs> damn that's pretty dope yeah no i just always type in super tramp like super tramp. Dude, oh, okay. I, I feel so woke right now <laughs> yeah i've learned so many new things i oh, love our man. country and I, I think my parents for me want to make that happen with my name <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, hey, guys, we will see you in the next episode. What you got coming up next is an exclusive mix, courtesy of Eric. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. You are listening to Peter Pancake.
by the bell, got a house by the bayside. Yeah, I'm living like that. Like that, like that. And I'm riding like that. Like that, like that. Boy, I'm riding like that in the steering wheel wood like a baseball bat. Just like Archie said, we ready. Whole click straight, lunatics like Nelly. Red Marquis, paint job, great jelly. Or triple BC, big black box Chevy. Frank my car, she be humming. Rim so big, you can see me coming. Prime time kick, we get money. Stay iced up like TV. Cream on the inside, clean on the outside. Yeah, cream on the inside, clean on the outside. Cream on the inside, clean on the outside. Ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream paint job. Cream on the inside, clean on the outside. Cream on the inside, clean on the outside. Cream on the inside, clean on the outside. Ice cream, ice cream, taking me back to my D12 days when we hit the club to go and hell raise. Probably end up bagging a cocktail waitress and taking her straight back to the motel eight. Yeah, bizarre's trying to get a lap. Officer next to Jack, damn. Stripper walks by, I'm like, get damn. She's like, that's harassment. I'm like, yeah, can. Holy Toledo, it's Miss Ohio. That's the best ass I've seen in a while. We should be dating. She's from Cleveland, but she's a bingo. This chick is catty. Is that a miniskirt? If it's a maxi, that's the shortest thing for a dress. Cincinnati. She said, fuck off and threw a liquor at me. It's one of those kind of nights. Then I said, I said, if you want to go hard tonight, well, then the smoke and the bottle are on me. I slip into the red dress you like. When we arrive, we probably won't leave. I the way you move like that when you push your body on my own mind. You want to smoke, drink, dance until the sun rises. It's one of those kind of nights. This beat keeps taking me back like my ex does. Cause how good the sex was Hit up the next club, met Alexa But she was so extra, called her etc Had her like, oh my god My whole life I filled with your songs I'm on my lawn to them I said, oh my god, you know my songs That's totally awesome, I'm Marshall, what's going on? <laughs> Seriously though, jokes aside How you doing, you straight? She said, no I'm high She said, are you drunk? I said, no I'm high I'm checking out the chick, she said, so am I What's in the cup? Let me see that Girl, where the rest of that promethazine at? She said, cool, gotta run out to my Cadillac Don't I'll be like Fat Joan, bring the lean back Then I said, if you wanna go hard tonight Well then the smoke and the bottle are on me Step into the red dress you like When we arrive, we probably won't
stars above Without it, life is a wasted time Look inside your heart and I look inside mine Things look so bad everywhere In this whole world, what is fair? We walk the line and try to see Falling behind what could be
tonight I'm gonna have myself a real good time I feel alive Tonight I'm gonna have myself a real good time I feel alive And the world turning inside out yeah. I'm floating around in ecstasy
Cause everybody wanna talk like they got something to say But nothing comes out when they move their lips Just a bunch of gibberish And motherfuckers act like they forgot about praise Nowadays everybody wanna talk like they got something to say But nothing comes out when they move their lips Just a bunch of gibberish And motherfuckers act like they forgot about praise So motherfuckers act like they forgot about praise I hear them and when 
Good morning. 